Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's up, loves? Welcome to Self-Care in Real Life, a podcast where we obsess over giving women the tools that they need to choose happiness and create more joyful moments. I am your host, best-selling author and lifestyle blogger, Ty Alexander, and I'm basically your new wellness hype girl, so welcome to the party. (laughs) Before we take a deep dive into today's episode, I want to remind you to please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes if you've enjoyed the podcast so far. For my faithful listeners who are used to ad-free podcast episodes, we now have them for you over on our exclusive membership community on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash self-care IRL. In addition to the ad-free podcast episodes, you will also find all of the gems that I have created for you to help you cultivate life-shifting healing experiences. So let's get right into today's episode. So today I have a special guest with me in the studio, <laughs> Crystal Franklin. Oh my goodness. In my head, her and I are really good friends, um, but she is an entertainment media professional and award-winning producer. I want to say three times over, if I'm correct. She currently resides in LA. She recently was the senior producer of digital at Warner Brothers for The Real. Yes, The Real, the talk show. She also works as the West Coast director and producer for Hearst Magazines. And because we know we love a multi-hyphenate, she is also the host of Taking Up Space podcast. Welcome in, Crystal Franklin. How you doing, sis? Hi, gorgeous and great. That's how I met her. You know? <laughs> That's how I came to New on the interwebs. Yeah. How you Hi. doing? You look gorgeous. I'm, I'm good. I'm so good. I'm good. Considering I'm good. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to get into it, okay? <laughs> yeah. So the first thing I wanted to touch on, because I remember when I first, I think we were at a bowling party. Um, and I remember you was on the opposite side, so I was trying to win, sis. Yes. But <laughs> you were team Baltimore, I was team DC. Yes, ma'am. And I remember thinking to myself that day, she is dope. Why aren't we friends? Like, duh. Like, that's, like, we should be friends. Oh. But then, you know, you know, text messages, life, whatever, whatever. And then I looked up and sister moved. <laughs> I was out of there. Yeah, yeah. Sis secretly moved from Maryland to Los Angeles during a work from home order, I think is yep, what I read. Yep, yep, yep. Um, during the pandemic at that, um, to make a 13-year dream come true. Yep. I am sure my listeners right now are just having goosebumps because here at Self-Care in Real Life, we are all about the self-serving attitude and picking up to move abruptly to, you know, go after your dreams feels really self-serving to me. How did you, how did you come to that decision? How did it happen? You know, 
Give us all the deets. I got you. So um, I'm from Dallas. And so I knew I wanted to work in entertainment for a very long time. There was no doubt about it. Um, and I knew that I couldn't get there or in my head. I couldn't get there from Dallas. I needed to leave and go and figure out life. And it had to be figured out in L.A. or New York. Um, those are just the only two spots. Um, and so that's what I tried to do. I got an internship in college, which was uh, my senior year. So to that summer, 2007, um, got an internship in L.A. I was a public relations intern for a radio station out here. And I said then at 21 years old that I was going to live here after I graduated college. This is 2008. I graduated in May 2008. The internship was summer 2007. I did not move to Los Angeles until June 2020. So 14, 13, 14 years later, it took me that long to get here. Um, but that is just a testament to one, me being very intentional at a very young age, me being very bold in my faith at a very young age, um, saying I'm going to be here in, in nine, 10 months. And of course, when it didn't happen, I was sad. Um, like many of us, I moved right back home. I went to Grand Lake State University and I moved right back home. The day of graduation, I was at my mama's house back home in Dallas. And so, of course, I'm super depressed. I'm sad. I'm like, God, I have all this experience. Um, I got a degree now. What are you saying? Why am I not working in entertainment? And little did I know that he was protecting me because I can tell you now in hindsight, if I was in L.A. at 22 years old, I would have been slutted out, butted out, gutted out, drugged out. I it it would not have worked for me. We'd have had a few babies. <laughs> it would not have worked for me. It would not have worked. So I'm I'm grateful for the 13 years that it took to get here. Um, but yeah, so then I, I moved back home. I didn't get my first full-time job into in the in entertainment until 2013. I graduated college in 2008. 2013 is when I get the call from Tom Joyner, um, who is based in Dallas. So again, remember, I'm thinking, I can't, I can't get my foot wet full time in, in Dallas. He's in Dallas, the man I've been listening to my entire life. Many of us have been listening to our entire lives. And so I am his digital content producer. I start that gig in 2014, 2013, nope, 2014, 2014, 2017. Um, still wanting to get to LA, still wanting to transition. I had done radio in college. So I'm like, look, this is fun. It's great. I know this like the back of my hand. I still really want to do TV. And so I go to HR because if people don't know by now, I'm pretty, pretty upfront about what I want. And so I go to HR and I'm like, look, I've asked my boss. He said, no, there's no, there's no promotions in sight. There's no way to get me to where I want to go. I'm about to quit. And she was like, okay, well, before you quit, have you heard about our sister station? I said, no, who is that? She said, TV one. I said, oh yeah, I heard of you. She said, they're in Silver Spring, Maryland. I said, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I've never heard that day in my life, but I'm going. And so she said, so she referred me uh, for a position. And so within three months, I moved uh, in 2017 to Silver Spring, Maryland, a place I had never been in my life. They flew me there for the third interview. So I was there for about 18 hours. But um, for the interview, came right on back to Dallas. And uh, I started my career on the East Coast officially in 2017. So I'm at, two, I'm in t at TV1. I'm green. I'm loving it. It's amazing. Um, it's a Black-owned company. It's, you know, Black women that I'm working for that are leading the helm and leading the charge. And then I quickly realized that this is some bullshit. And it's unhealthy bullshit. It's scary bullshit. It's God... I moved across the country for this bullshit, um, but it's also necessary bullshit. And I didn't realize it at the time that the pain and the ugliness and the lies and the betrayal and the fight was going to absolutely be worth 
it in the end, of course, in hindsight, it's always worth it. Um, but it's also, it was going to be very necessary for me as an adult, as a professional, as a woman, as a friend, as a daughter, all of that really played a part in what I learned uh, in Maryland. And so I was there from 2017 to 2020. And as we all know, March came down real heavy and Maryland actually was one of the first states that closed really quickly. Like right. we closed quick. And um, so I remember saying, okay, you know what? June, April, 2020 is my three-year anniversary. I'm finally going to move to LA. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna quit this job. I hate these people here. I don't love what I do for real. I'm moving to LA. Little did I know a little thing called coronavirus was gonna come around and was going to actually help me in every shape, form and fashion. And I say that very, it's kind of bittersweet to say that because obviously people lost lives. I have friends that lost lives. People have lost jobs. Their livelihood has totally been affected and will never be the same or it will take some time to kind of bounce back from 2020. Um, but for me, 2020 was the best year of my mm. adult life. Adult life. Listen. Um, so I say I'm I'm quitting. I'm quitting. I'm finally making this happen. I ain't got no job. I'm leaving. I don't care. I got got my godparents live in LA. I'm gonna stay with them for a little bit. Um, and so that was my plan was to quit April 2020. I get home. I, I my la I took all my vacation because at TV one they didn't pay off a vacation. So I had to take all my vacation. I went home the first week to see my mom, surprised her for her birthday. The weekend I came back was uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. So March 17th, 2020. And I get an email and it says, hey, we're working from home. Something's happening in the world just to be safe. We're going to work from home. I didn't care. I was going to come back to put in my two weeks. My two weeks. The next week, as I was about to send the email that says, I am quitting. Goodbye. I hate you guys. We get another update. Hey, we're working from home probably throughout the summer. And so I said, hmm, okay. Now I had already told my building, my, my, my leasing office that I was not renewing my lease. My lease was up in April as well. So I'm like, we're working through the summer. I was like, okay, whatever. I don't care what they got going on with the time, but I'm still quitting. I call my best friend, Freddie, and I tell him, he was like, why would you quit? If you're working from home during the summer, or at least throughout the summer, why would you quit? I was like, because I don't want to be there no more. I'm over it. I hate them. I'm ready to go to LA and find my dreams and do this and do that. He was like, okay, but be smart. If you can have a job still, right, you can work from home from anywhere. Why not do that? And I was just like, I don't know. I didn't think about it. I, thought I, just, I was just ready to go, right? I was ready to go and be like, y'all, whatever. And so little did I know, and I, this is how I know this is God. I get off the phone with Freddie. I get an email from my leasing office that says, hey, Crystal, we know that you're planning on leaving in a couple of weeks. Just because of this coronavirus thing, we want to just give people um, that we're planning on leaving a little bit of time to reevaluate so we can keep your lease going until the end of July, if you'd like. This is all the same day that I get the work from home in, throughout the summer email. And then all of a sudden, my apartment building is saying, hey, you can stay through July if you'd like. Same rate. We're not going to do anything crazy just because you broke your lease. I was like, God? Well, you know, sometimes he worked fast. And so for me, I was like, okay. So I called my friends out here. I'm like, y'all, if I move to LA in June, I mean, what is the city looking like? They're like, Yo, it's shut down. It's closed. Nothing's happening. Or No, it was just April. I still move in April. What does it look like? Nothing's happening. I said, what do you think June would look like if I would move? That's probably a little bit better, but we still don't. No one knew anything. So I said, okay, I'm going to give myself two additional months in Maryland. I'm a, we're working from home. 
Obviously, I'm going to have a job. But in June, I'm out. I don't care what's going on in the world. I'm leaving because we just didn't know what this was. And I didn't want to hold up anything based on these weird things we were hearing. We couldn't go out. We, we thought if we went outside and smelled the air, it was going to kill us. Did we not? Indeed. Right? It was just so <laughs> odd. I was like, God, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to LA. Yeah. And um, so June 2020 came and I moved. I drove 39 hours. Oh my God, you drove there? I drove there. Good God. 39 hours. Wow. My other best friend flew in from Dallas. Wait, did you, so you didn't drive by yourself? You had someone no, with you? No, she, okay. she flew in with me. Or she flew in and we drove the 39 hours from Silver Spring, Maryland to Los Angeles, California. Wow. Four and a half days. And 30 days later, not even 30, let me be very correct because God is in the details. 28 days later. You better say that again. Where yet? In the details. Okay. He lives there. God, I promise you he lives there. Oh. 28 days later, I got a job offer from WB. Child, 28 days later wasn't it wasn't even a month what an amazing story you have though i mean and, my goodness the blessings i hope i i know i feel like you i, I hope that you feel that i, I, I hope that you've had a moment to sit in that yeah for sure i, I cried my first year here so i was yes. like this is mine i'm living this life like you know to live in la ain't no you know ain't sure. no I, my friends that make a trillion times more than me always say we have Carmion, Blake, they're like Crystal. For you to be able to live here and survive here, still pay your rent. This is this this six hundred and eighty square feet, y'all. Right. This is this is, this is, this is twenty two hundred dollars a month. This is twenty two. This right here. Twenty two hundred dollars a month. Shell. Six hundred and eighty square feet. And my friends that live in Memphis and Chicago, they they mortgage is nine hundred dollars. Yeah, listen. So. And that, so that they, when they put it into that type of perspective for me, because I'm just thinking like, okay, wow, I made it. I did. I, they're like, no, but you, you're living, you're surviving in LA. You're not just making it. And so I am proud and they make me feel proud. So thank you for that. I really oh, am. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I know people, I listened to your last episode um, and it kind of hit home a little bit because I, I, I too would love to be able to kind of sit in the moment and enjoy you know, the fruits of my labor or the thing, but people tend to always ask you, you know, well, what's next? What's coming? And and what are we doing now that we're not there, you know? And so how, can you elaborate a little bit more? Like, how do you deal with the outside world and their, you know, entitlement and the need to have access to you and just, you know, the, the constant drill of like, well, well, who is she and what is she doing? And how is yeah. she, you know, how do you deal with that? You know, I want to say like around around 10,000 followers. So back then, you know, I was just so happy to get my little 10,000 followers. I wanted to have a little swipe up like all y'all did. And I was ah. so excited. And I finally Please got- Please don't make me pee on myself on this good Wednesday. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to swipe up so bad because all y'all had it. And it was so cool. And it, it meant something. 10,000 just meant something. It did. It did. Once I got that shit, I was over it. Because yeah. I, re I realized then the entitlement started around 10,000 followers. And- at first, I was like, okay, this is my duty. I, I don't, this is not my full-time job. Like, I've always had a full-time job. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not an influencer in the traditional sense. I don't make my money, my uh, my living off of the internet. That stuff kind of just came later. And even then, it ain't livable income. You know what I mean? So I still very much so have, a, have always had a full-time job. And so I want to say I hit 10K maybe around 2018, 2019, maybe. I thought 2019. Um, and all of a sudden, the questions... And I was just like, hi, how you doing? 
hello, like I'm, I'm all, I've always been a chronic oversharer and I love that about myself. But it, at some point it felt, I was, I felt used. Mm-hmm. I felt like you didn't really care or like or love. You just wanted information and you bounced. And so right around the pandemic is when I had this little attitude. Now I don't even say it was an attitude. This kind of thing set in where I'm like, you know what? I am, I have given out a ton of free information. I still do. I don't, a lot of my stuff ain't clickable, linkable, commissionable, affi- affiliatable. It's just, I, you know, it, it cool if a couple hundred dollars come in, but also if not, I just gave you a link to some pants. It's not that, it's not that big, a deal, big of a deal for me. Again, this is not my full-time job. So I was just like, you know, I felt, I felt like I've given away so much information for free. At the very least, you can just say please and thank you. Hi, please. Hi, 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 how are you? How you doing? Hey, please and thank you. I have people who are like, yeah. hey, can I have this? And then I send it to them and that's it. You lucky you got a hey. No, and sometimes it's not even that. <laughs> and, you know, because we've been having conversations. So it for me, I just said, you know what, even though this is not my full-time job and I'm not making a livable income, I still want to be treated with respect. You wouldn't walk up to me off the street and be like, where that shirt from? You wouldn't walk up to the street and be like, give me that. So let's, and I am very much so my, my very real self online and in person. There is no, if you've met me in real life, there's no real separation. I'm the same person online and in and, and real life. So treat me that way. Correct. I'm a human being. I share, I'm vulnerable. I didn't gave y'all all my business. The very least you can do is speak to me and then also please and thank you. So and it sounds so, like you created some very clear brown boundaries with these. Very things. much so. And I didn't feel bad about it because I was also thinking, well, girl, you only got 10,000 followers. You only got 11,000. These people don't. Girl, girl please. You are, you are not out here like Gorgeous and Gray and and and, and Sign Blake and Carmion and Jackie I. And I was like, no, that's not. No, I still deserve respect. Absolutely. I still, I still deserve the same amount of um. Not, it's not, what is it? Just that, just manners. It's just manners and common decency. But but to your point, in the beginning, when I began to create those boundaries, I did because I think I did them at like around fifty thousand. When people were like, like, "Y'all are just doing too much um, with this with these little numbers," and I know y'all think I'm a celebrity, but at the end of the day, I'm still a human being, right? Sure. And so, but it can, but you can feel guilty that you are creating these boundaries. But I'm like, I don't really know these people, so why do I feel that way? And not even really know. You don't know. I, like, right. I don't know them at all. <laughs> you are correct. All. I don't know you. You don't know me. So why should I feel bad about creating boundaries on a platform that I've created? Correct. Correct. 1000%. So I had to get out of that. And then very quickly I did. And um, I also have always been pretty, pretty upfront. So I didn't mind also sharing, hey, this is what you're not going to do. I screenshot. I black out the name and I, this is what you're not going to do. And if we just hear my little point on the internet, you have to respect this. And this is how I get down. And most people have, there have been maybe one or two that have something crazy to say, but at the same time, you, you can Google it. Cause that's what I did. I Googled it before I gave it to you. So why don't you do the same thing if it's an issue? So I've just been very upfront of just about just not caring about the reactions of people that I don't know. I don't know y'all. Y'all don't know me. So I don't, I, I don't ever want to be intentionally uh, rude and I don't ever want to cause anyone pain and hurt and stress and struggle, but also you don't know me. So just give me the same type of decency that I give, you know, that I give in real life and online. Yeah. It's funny because I, I heard you say that you're not an influencer, but baby, you are. I watched that with a boy series. Like it's a TV show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's my little, it's my little, one minute. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know where you were going at with this. 
Yeah. And we'll dive into that. But I'm gonna need it to be like a YouTube series or like a, a TV, a TV show. Or like it, it feels bigger than what it is right now. I'm, I'm just laying what God has given me the vessel to say. You and everybody else is like, can you yeah. sell this to a network? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It like, really? feel like a sitcom or like a something, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. with a boy is crystals. Is it really one minute? I, on Instagram, yeah. Just okay. Well, it's a. It feel like I think because I like Benjamin, I do watch things yeah, over like and over. Yeah, it feel like a TV show. Yeah. But it, explain to us exactly what with a boy is for my for the listeners who don't know and how it came about. If you've been a faithful listener, you know that we often have ads on our podcast. Well, this is one of them. Podcasting isn't cheap, so it means a lot when I have brands who financially support my work by purchasing ad spots. Podcorn is a platform that helps me connect with brands that are interested in supporting podcasters, specifically me. Podcorn makes it easy by removing the middleman. You can communicate directly with brands, set your own rates, and there's no exclusivity requirements. They really care about podcasters and want to see us grow and thrive. The Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, create freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. The best part is that Podcorn is for podcasts both big and small. Huge thanks to Podcorn for sponsoring this episode. Explore sponsorship opportunities and start monetizing your podcast by signing up at podcorn.com slash podcasters or going to the link in the show notes. Yeah, so I've never, um, up until 2020, I had never dated multiple people in real. First of all, I had never dated it ever, honestly, if I'm being 1,000% honest. my From my adult life, from 21, 21 to 34, I had never dated. I was a relationship girl, so I meet a dude, he cute, I'm cute, we vibe, now we are together. There is no dating, there is no courting, there is no getting to know. I mean, we're hanging out, but... In my mind, we're hanging out under the tent, the pretense that, oh, I've already called him my boo. I've already told all my girls, it's my new little thing right here. I haven't even given us a chance to really know each other because I've already put this label on us. And within weeks, maybe a month now, he's my boyfriend. So I would do that from 21 to 34. I would get into a relationship super quick, super quick, fall in love super quick and then break up and not deal with my emotions. So I go find another boy and do I repeat the same thing. And so now I'm just back to back, back to back. And so I when I and I got to Maryland in March 2017, had a boyfriend in April 2017, broke up with him in July 2017, had another boyfriend in September 2017. Well, at least you can get a man, because there's some people out here that can't bag them. <laughs> I was in Maryland for less than six months and I had two boyfriends wow. and I ended up being with the last one for two years and we broke up in 2019 but so when I so when I moved here my best friend he always jokes he's like oh when you get to when, when you get to Maryland gonna get you a uh you'll get no, everybody say okay. you're gonna give you a, a man with a good government job and he's gonna work on the hill and i was just like i'm not about to move there and be booed up already i'm about to explore chocolate city didn't even know what they meant yeah i just knew the people was calling in chocolate city i said like, i'm about to explore explore, explore <laughs> and got and fell in love fell in love and did all these things so of course when i moved to la he's like oh 
um, you're about to uh, fall in love with some celebrity dude. And I was like, no. And I made sure that I did not hop into a relationship when I moved here. So I said, for the first time, I want to date. Now, granted, I moved during the pandemic. So dating was not a real option. So I had to get very creative. And so it just so happened that one of my friends that I knew from Maryland, he's an actor, he lived here. And so we just reconnected. And it really started out as just me hanging out, us hanging out in my house. And I was just like, I want to do, we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. This is September, 2020. You can't go anywhere. Uh, There's nothing open. And so I was like, yo, I know we can't do much. Like, do you just want to come over? We order food, we hang out, we do fun, cool stuff and we make it feel like it's dating. And he was like, yeah, why not? And so we had game nights, like literally like Uno, Jenga. We made brownies. We watched movies. I bought coloring books, like just all the things that, you typically probably wouldn't do, um, especially coloring, because I ain't colored in 25, 30 years. (laughs) So I was just trying to think of things that we could do in the house that would be fun. Because you low-key can get to know somebody when you're coloring with them and and playing cards and all of the games and stuff. And so I was just like, so we're here, we're having a good time. It's like a couple weeks in. And he was like, you know what? You could be like the black Carrie Bradshaw of LA. And I was like, what does that mean? Like I understood, I was like, what you mean? He's like, like, you know, you could really be like doing like a dating type of thing. And I was like, what are you, what, what? He's like, you sh- you could be like a black Carrie Bradshaw if you wanted to. You could just like go out and hang out with a bunch of dudes. He said, because I've never, he's older than me. He's like, I've never colored on a date. He's like, colored? He said, and it was so cool. And he was like, I think you should do something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then of course I'm a producer, right? I'm, I'm a producer yeah. by, by trade. So I was like, I should turn it into a series on Instagram and I should do all these things. And he was like, oh, that would be dope. So he's down with it. And one day I just thought of with the boy because what I was hanging out with that boy, you know, and he was cute and I hadn't seen him in a long time. We was coloring and we was, you know, playing Jenga and eating brownies and stuff and making popcorn on the stove, like doing like real cool things that I probably would have not have thought about if the world was open. The, right, exactly. So I just would take my phone every now and then and just kind of like, you know, record some footage of our hands doing certain things or him walking into the house. And um, I didn't share it for the first time, I want to say, until maybe like December or January 20. I think it was December 2020 when I first shared it. Um, And, you know, again, producer. So I edited it all cute, put the little music bed underneath it. And people were just like, what is this? This is fly. This is cool. This looks incredible. Who is that? Is this your boyfriend? It's all these questions. And I was just like, no, I'm just dating. Also, I am people. I I am people. (laughs) No, and I I admit, it does look cool. It it really does. And it it was, and he's, he was just my friend. We didn't end up turning that into anything. It was just honestly just us hanging out. Um, But he was just like, yo, you really got to do this. He's like, I like, he's like, these is my hands and I'm interested. He's like, I was there with you and me watching it back is cool. He was like, you really, he's like, once the world opens, you really got to do this and take this on on the road, quote unquote. And so it was just so cool to have a man support me in that way because again you come from i'm black i'm from the deep south i'm from dallas so we come from this i'm a church baby you come from this world of you know meek and 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 proper and prim and don't say this and cover your your legs up and 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 you know women are to be made to be seen and not heard and if you say this a man ain't gonna want you and if you do this and look like this and act like this and think like this you're not gonna get a husband and so for me to step so boldly into one my sexuality which is like a whole other conversation but then also me being very upfront about 
not caring what you think and how you receive me and what you think may be going on. I, it was fun. It is fun. And so I've been doing it for two years. And so it's with the boy. And so it's my little, it's my, all that to say, it's my little series that I sometimes share online about the men that I'm dating in real life. These are real life men. And I do date multiple men at one time. So that's also been like a new like little thing. Like, and I'm very upfront about it. And I'll be telling them and they be like, okay, cool. That's what's up. Like I was no going to say, I mean, so the, no the guys cares. are just like, sure, that's great. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because I also don't introduce them with the boy until like, it, I'm probably hanging out with a dude probably at least a month before the okay. internet ever sees them. Okay. Cool. And, and, and before I even pull out my phone. Got at it. Least. Okay. At least. So at that point, you know, they trust, there's a bit of, there's trust there. I'm not going to blow up their spot. If there's a spot to blow up, quote unquote, I'm not going to be disrespectful. I'm not going to be um, invasive. It's just fun, cool little moments. It's never the whole date where I'm like this. Yeah, you know, just cute snacky moments, and then you know, I put the phone down and I enjoy myself. So, but long before the internet meets this person, I've known them at least at least a month. So, have any of the with a boy, um, I don't know, stars, co-stars. Have any of them made it like to like almost relationship? Yeah, the last one, which I'm going to talk about. I'm going to give him a, he's going to get a little, a little, a little IG series. He's going to get one. He's my next one. Um, Yeah. So I met a guy in March, 2022. Sorry, March, 2022. So, okay. So yeah, Um, I met him. He's my friend's best friend and we met at her birthday party. Okay. And I fell in love with him. Oh my God. <laughs> I love you. I, like that. <laughs> I, I love. I, it was. It. It. It was because it is now over. Um, but it was so great, and it was. Oh so wait, amazing. back up. Pause. Wait a minute. Pause. I. I missed that. You try to fight that in real slick. Sis. I know. I know. I haven't talked about it yet. I know. So, so you no. met a boy. We fell no. in love, and now it's not a thing anymore. No. Yeah. So after three months, so we stopped talking the um very beginning of May, first week of May. So it'll, it'll be a month next week. Um, and it was, it was the most mature relationship I had ever been in in my entire life. And we weren't officially boyfriend and girl. We weren't, we were exclusively dating. So it's still a relationship whether we had the title or not. Um, but it was so mature and so beautiful and sexy and kind and, Mm. and soft. I love those words though. it, It was considerate. I felt loved for the first time ever. Man. How, the other thing that I'm thinking of as you're speaking is that how many times are black women allowed to be those words, right? Like loved and kind and just like when you said soft, I got goosebumps a little bit. Like I felt like I could take all of it off and he'd mm. still be like, I fuck with it. I like it. It's I cool. It. I'm it. down. It's okay. Let's work through that. Right. Like we both had our daddy issues. And so not that we bonded over trauma. It wasn't that. But just to I never met a man that had daddy issues. Ever. Right. And well, well never and met a man admitted to it. Yeah. So yeah. just even that I, he, he was just so self-aware and so smart and so considerate of feelings. So I would often, as many women do, apologize for things, over apologize. And he'd be like, you don't apologize for your feelings. So you okay? You're allowed to be mad at me. I don't. I don't really agree with why you're mad, but you're allowed to be mad. Yeah. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to feel this way about X, Y, and Z. So like, don't apologize. It's like yeah. you don't have to do that with me. So when I say mature, yeah, I mature and three years younger than me. Aww. He was he was divorced, which I loved immediately. When my friend told me, she was like, "Oh no, he's he had he he's a tech engineer." 
Um, and he's divorced and he got thigh tattoos. I was like, all I heard was thigh tattoos. But especially on your legs. I like that big old tree trunk. And he got big old tree trunk thighs. But she, when she said divorce, all my other friends were like, uh-uh. And I was like, yes. Like, I love men that have lived. Mm-hmm. I love people that have lived. Yeah. But when you are a man and you have lived, and he's a veteran. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's over there in Kuwait for he done years. Did, he done did something. He's lived a lot of life in his 33 years, 32 wow. years. And so it, was, it just was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And we didn't work out. He had some things happening um, internally, some mental health things happening internally. He had some some issues with some family members dying. Work is going crazy. So just all of these things, and he couldn't he couldn't show up for me, and he knew that. Well, it, he said it. He said it very, and he's clinically uh, clinically depressed. Well, and it so, sounds like something that you could maybe double back to. Yeah, one thousand percent. One thousand percent. We talked about it. Um, we're friendly. I saw him for the first time, which, you know, is always a little strange when you run back in tune. A little strange. <laughs> I was so nervous. I saw him this past weekend and it was like, you couldn't even tell that we had like separated. Mm. And everybody was like, I thought y'all were, I was like, well, no, we're just friends. Like, like really just the most kindest, the most sweetest guy. I really do love him. And I, I told him, I'm like, look, I typically don't get back, but I, I want to see if we can try this again once, you know, our, your mental space gets a little bit better. And he's like 1000%. One day I'll talk about my own marriage. That's the one thing that I'm I'm usually um, very guarded. You know, I like to keep things to myself, but I will share with you that me and my husband were together um, for 16 years before we got married and we had lots of on and off, but we were always throughout the entire time, very much friends. And so if I, w- whenever I hear these stories, I tell people all the time, you never really know who your soulmate is. And sometimes it's not gonna be quite packaged, right? the way you think or the way you want it to be. And yeah. sometimes God got to do a little shedding from you. They got to do a little shedding from him, mm. you know? And so that's why I said, it sounds like something that you might be able to come back to, but yeah. just try if you can, you know, if you like him and he's good friends, yeah. just stay friends. Cause it, it'll always come back. Yeah. 1000%. He's the only guy that I'm like, look, because we stopped talking usually again, if I went back into my old crystal, there would have been somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, but we we on we we moved on. And now I, I I gave myself permission to feel all the things that I felt: the anger, the loneliness, the sadness. The mm. I don't quite understand, but I respect your feelings. You know, I've never dated anyone that was depressed before, and yeah. so that is a different. That's an entirely different situation when you think talk about uh, just being sad here. You know, yeah. like I can deal with a lot of emotions. I can kind of help fix and navigate you through a lot of emotions, but mm. when you're sad. Yeah. You can't. And there's nothing, nothing that you can do to fix it. Like and that's the thing. He's like, there's, it's, it's. He's like, I knew, I know it was me. Yeah. I know this is like this because of me. And he's like, and I feel bad, but there's nothing that you can do to fix it. And I'm trying. You know, maybe I could put on something and walk around the house and cook this. And none of that stuff. Where he's sad. Yeah. And when you are sad and you have a history of being sad, um, and he has a therapist, a great black woman therapist, which I love. He has a woman therapist. Yeah. Um, you just have to let him. You gotta let him yeah. go through that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. How, so we'll see. How has it been um allowing yourself 
to feel things. And I've, I've listened to a few of the episodes and I, I, it seems, this is just my assumption, it seems like some of those feelings you were used to like pushing them down and yeah. like sitting on them. <laughs> sitting on them, having sex on them, spending money on them, sitting on them, ignoring them, like all the things that you would do. Like that song, yeah. Pranks in the Sky, Solange. I used to drink yeah. it away, I used to sleep it away. I would buy a new dress. Those are all things that I did for over a decade of my life. Wow. One thousand percent. Um, so to give myself permission to feel now is my favorite thing. I don't rush mm. through my feelings mm. at all. At all. I don't make excuses. I had I, I literally will create boundaries. I, I turn my story when I talk about um the real in that job ending, and I'm still in at the real until the end of July, thank God. Um so I do still have a job, but production has wrapped on the show, so we're done with it. Um but I turn my stories off whenever I talk about it because people just Send all kind of stuff that I don't want to hear. And so one time you did ask me, you were like, "Hey, you know, I was like, who I gotta beat up?" Like, and I just was like, "No, messing I, with my friend." <laughs> no, I it, and I just didn't want. I just didn't want to hear anything from anybody about that topic because people, yeah. as we talked about earlier at the top of the conversation, people just feel very entitled to information. Yeah. And when I'm ready to talk about what happened at the real, I will. And I did. I made an eight minute episode about it. And I was honest about how I felt about the people, not that the show ended. I mean, that's that's the job. When you work in Hollywood, work on a TV show, sometimes things happen. It got canceled. Yep. And that's, that's the nature of this business. But it wasn't the fact that I was sad about that job ending. It was the fact that the people in my life and people on the internet were so entitled to what was going on in my life. Not stopping to think, does she even know? Did she know? How did she find mm-hmm. out? Is she finding out because of me? And, and I'm asking because a lot of times, granted, I knew we had rumors circling, but someone asked me on Instagram. And I was yeah. like, wait, what? Yeah, we heard it's over. Y'all last day is this and this and that. And I was like, what? And it's like people never stop for a minute to say, this is her livelihood. Crazy. This is her career. How about I take a couple beats back? And let, if it is true, let her deal with it, see if it's true, internalize it and feel it, and then maybe come back a little later. If, or, or how about I just don't come back at all? How about I just don't say anything at all? Yeah. And I think people have to realize that just because you have access to these people that you love on the internet and you respect on the internet, doesn't mean you are entitled to every part of our lives. Yeah. People know I will share it when I'm ready. Yeah. And it took me two months, but I shared it and it's out there. And now we know how I feel and how I found out about it, but it's just the lack of boundaries that just make me crazy. So that's why I was very intentional about turning my stories off because I already knew it, you don't want the response that I'm gonna give you back. So <laughs> I'm gonna be doing this. If I can control it, because again, we can all control what we see and what we do on our Instagrams and our Facebooks and our Twitters. I can control things. So there is no need for me to snap back, go crazy at something, although it might be warranted when I can control who has access to me. Yeah. I can I commend you because even in my big old age, I'm 45, I still even especially with friends, right? Mm-hmm. Um cuz I'm a sharer, I'm I'm vulnerable. So when my friends aren't that in times of need, I feel away. I'd be like, "But why you won't let me be your friend, right? Like why can't I get there for you?" But you therapy has been you know no and see that's that's crazy for me because i wish my some of my friends would say that oh okay yeah 
So I think when you said vulnerable, that struck me because it's crazy. As vulnerable as I am on the internet and with my little corner, I am not always and vulnerable as I can be with my man. I am not very vulnerable with my friends about certain yeah. things, which is odd because I'm like, I be telling everything on the internet again <laughs> in my own time and when I'm ready and when I've healed from it. But it took a couple of my friends to keep, I was like, they were like, okay, we, we heard the episode. We got you. What can I do? I'd be like, nothing. Yeah. And they'd be like, okay, well, just let us know when we can do something. And a part of me wants you to keep digging so I can finally get it out. And yeah. so one of my friends finally did in over two and a half days of text messages. And she, I'm not even super close with her. So mm -hmm. it struck me as eyes like, but then also I was like, well, Crystal, is that fair? Like, is it fair to expect your, if you tell your friends you good, yeah, there you go. Is it fair to expect them to keep digging? And the answer is no. <laughs> the answer is indeed no. I think there's something to be said about Black women feeling safe in friendships, not just relationships, yep. but also being safe in friendships. And I thought back to like, you know, of course I would want my friend to feel safe, but yeah. how can they if when they tell me something, I'm judgmental, or I have an automatic opinion about something, or you you, you, know, you feel me, you, you know what I'm saying? And it's mm -hmm. like, it can be hard to, to build that trust, that vulnerability between two women, especially two Black women who are in the world of worlds, trying to be strong, trying to be, the, you know, trying to be Black, yeah. you know, in the world. That can be a lot, you know? So hopefully you'll be able to find some friends that allow you, allow Crystal, to, you know? Yeah, and they do. The, the thing, I think the issue is me. I know the issue is me. I think the issue, I, am I the drama? I, I Yeah, <laughs> I'm the issue because it, it, they have been nothing but super supportive. This is not all my friends, just a couple of them. They've been nothing but super supportive. Um, but I do think they know that we had a conversation this weekend, Chad. One of my friends said that she feels as if sometimes I don't accept help very well. And I immediately, so we at brunch, we've been at brunch for seven hours, we drunk as hell. And so I oh, yeah, like, saw all your stories. I was like, I would love to be at brunch that girl, day. Seven <laughs> hours. Yeah. We That's there. a good time. But That's a good time though. Crying, snotting, the bill was over $500. Like, we just drinking, eating, doesn't matter, whatever. We were there from 1 p.m. to 7.37. Crazy. Um, and so in the midst of all the fun and the catching up, she was just like, I feel like I kind of opened up a little bit about that and that struggle. And she was like, I, it feels like sometimes you don't want help because it feels like you just got it. You, you got it. Every time we, we ask, it's like, no, I'm good. I'm like, but I think that may be... A sign that you should ask. I don't, in my mind, it's like, well, if that's been your history with me and you've always felt that way, why not dig a little deeper? And they're like, because, Crystal, if you say you don't want help and you good, like, what are we supposed to do? And I'm like, keep digging. I do want help. I do need help. What do you yeah. mean? Well, I think, so, I think if you preface that, that, or frame it as this is my, emotional response right because i'm i'm used to doing it myself whatever the reason is that you say that yeah, like i am because it's clear like i'm gonna do it myself i'm gonna do it right i ain't got asked i ain't got to tell you 10 times I, you know you know there, there's the thing right but i think if you frame it as if this is just my emotional response but of course i would like help so please keep trying i think i think if we if we have that kind of um again vulnerable language with each other that yeah. they might ask again. Because honestly, if mm -hmm. I ask you two times, if you're okay, and you be like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm like, well, she don't never need no help. I'm not going to ask her no more. Because yeah. she got it. 
She got it. She got it. I, I think that comes from disappointment. So yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? It comes yeah, from like really. being disappointed, you know, within family, within romantic relationships, sex relationships, friendships, all the ships. Um, I, I think that's where that that response comes from, and it's and it's valid. And I think that you should you you should honor that as much as you can. But I also think that you should practice. And here's how I started. Everyone knows I had a hysterectomy back in October, and I remember being sick. And prior to that, like I had been bleeding. People were like, "Oh, do you need help?" I'm like, "No, I'm good. I'm fine. Mind you, I'm I'm literally dying." Yeah. So I said to myself, you know, after I have my surgery, if someone says, can they bring me something? Can they whatever? I'm saying yes. And some people came and some people didn't. And I made a mental note of that, but it's not, it's not for me to not allow people to help me because I think they won't. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think mm-hmm. that that, that puts an unnecessary strain on yeah. friendships when you automatically assume that that person doesn't have intentions to be a good friend. You know what also this whole process has taught me is that I, one, I think it's, I think we should talk more about the fact that our love languages, not our desires can change in relation, all the ships. Absolutely. So in my 20s, I might've needed you to support might've looked like this. Absolutely. Now at this stage in my life, 36 years old next month, I don't know what it looks like. Now. I'll just say 36 in June. 36 in June. Um, I support looks a lot different to me now. Mm-hmm. So the whole, oh, just reach out to me. That was me like in 20, that was like from 20 to maybe like 30 something. Now support looks like just pull up. Mm-hmm. Like if you see me inadvertently tweet something, tech, the, the text, yeah. the group chat, I'm a little low energy. If there, if there are signs, yeah, just pull up. I think that's, that's what I prefer now. Mm-hmm. Especially because this is my first time living in a city where I have a tribe. I have a community of women mm-hmm. that I, black women that I love and respect. And, and there's a mutual, we all work in this shit, but we, sorry, I don't know if I can curse. We all work in this stuff and uh, this industry and there's no bitter jealousy, weirdness. It's like, I finally have my tribe that I wanted. And I'm like, and some of us live within a three mile radius one two mile radius so i'm like just somebody pull up on me let's get drunk let's drink our feelings away i want to cry i want to talk so i think that's that's what that's what support looks like for me now yeah so now that i know that i think it is up to me to relay that message to my friends again you can't expect people to know especially if we've been friends from a distance for years and all of a sudden i'm finally here they may need to be you know kind of we just check back in. I think it's okay to have maybe after every year or two, like, Ayo, does it still work for us in our friendship? Listen, do you still love part, in this way? Do you still part, feel good in this way? Do you still like part. when I do this? Do you not like, like, I feel like we should, like, we do relationships. Some mm-hmm. of us, not everybody checking in because they be scared of what they're going to find out. <laughs> but I think it's very important, even in like platonic relationships. Do yeah. you still love the same way? How, Absolutely. you know, what can I do? What has changed? You know, as we, as women, we go through these different years and phases of our life now almost 36 i'm like girl i don't love like that no more i don't i don't don't feel that i don't need that anymore now i I need this so i'm just maybe i didn't you help me my therapist time (laughs) (laughs) i think i think it's important like like you said to be able to have those check-ins to be able to be vulnerable with your friends and even like me and my best friend have been friends for over 30 years and even just recently, I had to tell her, I was like, look, I know that I say no to events a lot, but I would like you to invite me. 
even mm. though you may know I'm going to say no. Because it yes. hurts my feelings when you don't think of me or it Ooh. appears that you're not thinking of me, right? And so I had to sit on my ego, sis, because my first thought was, don't she know that I want to be invited? Would, yeah. why, why wouldn't she know I want to be invited? Like, that's yeah. dumb. We've been friends for almost 30 years. Why yeah. wouldn't you know? And it's like, sis, did you tell her? Because you you actually say no a lot. <laughs> you actually be like, you be like, no, I'm 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 gonna stay home tonight. And so eventually she stopped asking. And so mm -hmm. I'm on the, I'm on the internet looking at Instagram, you here and there. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Then nobody won't ask me. Yeah. And if you don't, said, yeah, 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 yeah. Because then resentment can another and then other emotions start to fester. Listen, all of that. And then we look up dynamic. now, we're not friends no more. All because you ain't invite me to the stinking bar. <laughs> no, that's good. You're right. No, you're right. You're right. But I'm saying I didn't realize that I needed to communicate that to my friends. It's like literally it's been four days now. I just realized it. Um, I'm so I'm listen, revelations happen at any age, yeah. at any time, yeah. and they're always welcome. Yeah. Um, but I want to pivot a bit. Um yeah. because you and I often talk about sexuality. Yeah. And just the 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 love of loving your body, and I am still fascinated um, at your love for your body, and hoping that I can absorb some of that energy, you know, mm -hmm. from my own body. Yeah. Um, and I know it's the most broadest question, you know, how can you, da -da 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 -da, you know, mm -hmm. no one really knows how to be confident or or how to love your body, you know. Mm -hmm. I think I don't. I think it's just something that kind of happens. But if you can. Is there a time that you think about when you weren't happy with your body? And how did you get to like here? I tend to struggle with dry hair. Maybe you struggle with greasy hair or dull hair. We all have very unique concerns when it comes to our hair. So we need unique solutions. Pros is the brand that can offer these unique solutions for everyone. I took the pros consultation quiz so that they could get to know my hair through their very thorough questions. Some of the questions on the quiz were so specific that I would have never thought it contributed to my hair, like the foods I eat and how often I exercise. Once you try personalized hair products, you're never gonna wanna go back to what you've been using before. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash self-care. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash self-care for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. 
Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah, the first 32 years of my life. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, of course, you can subtract some of that because you're a child. Yeah. So, you know, of course, but I think that's where it starts, though, when we're children, because we're analyzed so much. Sure. You know, for our bodies. Yeah, no, I was always, um, you know, just super tall and skinny. I'm 5'8", so, you know, I was less than 100 pounds the first 20 years of my life. Mm-hmm. So got to college and was not even 100 pounds, and I'm tall and skinny. So, you know, you've heard, I didn't have, I was a late bloomer, so there were no boobs, there was no butt. Um, so I've heard all the names, you know, string bean, olive oil, pencil stick, colored pencils, just all the, the words that, you know, you would typically hear be skinny and thin. And I remember very feeling very why I was feeling this at 16 years old, 15, who knows, but like, I just didn't feel womanly. I'm like, well, first of all, you're not a woman, but (laughs) so I don't know, but, but you know, from Texas, so all the girls in the world are curvy and thick at age two. Yeah, because that here was I am at age seven. I had everything. Yeah, yeah. Here I am at three years old, and the the, the gals got all kind of stuff in my little three year old body. Not technically three, but you know, like I'm yeah, in middle no. school, high school, and I'm just like, oh, is this why guys don't talk to me? Mm. Is this why I'm not getting approached? And so I was like, okay, cool. I, so I remember taking. I used to stuff my bra. It sounds so. This, I sound like we grew up in the, in the 70s when I say stuff like that. Because I feel like kids don't stuff their bra no more. I don't they don't. Because girls don't stuff. They don't have nothing to stuff. They still I got to say, as a resident big booby girl, I know, please don't be stuffed. It's overrated, okay? I was stuffing my bra in high school and middle school. Oh, my goodness. I found some. I went, from, I went to high school from 2000 to 2004. So but wait, what were you stuffing it with? Socks. I would fold them flatly. Not like ball them up, because obviously you would see. Okay. But I would fold them like in a square. Okay. But then I realized that you could see the square through the through the bra through the shirt. Girl, it was horrible. It was horrible, horrible. Um. But so I went to high school from oh, 2000, 2004. So that is still very much so the the age of the internet, the beginning of the internet, yeah. and that was dial up, and that was back when the internet was still crazy and scary yeah. and weird. And my mom was like, "You cannot get on the internet until I'm at home." Like just it was scary back in the early 2000s so i remember secretly googling um like i saw a 1-800 commercial how to like or for herbal pills to grow your boobs i secretly googled it told i couldn't order because my mom would kill me i told my friend the website she ordered it for me and i was taking these big horse herbal horse i don't know what they were, they were big herbal horse pills to make my boobs grow and I was like, thank God I didn't end up with some weird disease. But wait, oh, what, what was it? in the pills? I'm going to say, what was in the pill? You know, I don't know. <laughs> the internet said that. The internet said that's good. Make that me have <laughs> And I was 16 years old and I was so tired of not having no titties. Um, so it just, and that spawned all the way through college where and then I go to college in Louisiana. And so I'm like, oh, everything. Everybody think in Texas, everybody really think in Louisiana. So it just, I always had this, this idea that I wasn't sexy, that I was, I mean, I knew I was cute. I knew my face was good. Guys always be like, oh, you're so cute. You're so pretty. And I was like, but I wanted to be sexy. I wanted to have light eyes. I wanted to have a mole. I wanted to have an accent. I wanted to be on birth control. And okay. I wanted to wear a thong. You had all of these aspirations. Sis. In high school. It, listen. 
Because to me, my idea of beauty was you had an accent, you had light mm. eyes, you had a little beauty mark somewhere on your face, and you wore a thong. Because again, back in that day, it was like, that was a big deal. You wearing a thong in 2000? Like, my mama was like, what you want a thong for? And I was like... And, and for why? And I was like, because uh, and really I wanted so you could pull up the little strings because all the cute girls above, school, above your, pull your, the little your strings jeans. up and when they would bring down and pick up some all the boys would be like oh Brittany got a thong on she a freak I wanted that I wanted oh to be gosh. a freak like Brittany who had a thong I wanted to be a freak like Brittany <laughs> and we're, the girls was, we're sorry Brittany if you're sorry. out there <laughs> and everybody was on birth control the patch that was back in the patch days the yes big, and so all my friends had the patch. And so everybody was just, all the boys were like, I knew she was getting down. She got the patch on. So I wanted the patch so bad. Like just the weirdest things that I wanted that I thought were cool in high school. Um, so I went through high school just not feeling very desired, which is also not bad because why should you be feeling desired in high school anyway? Um, but got to college, still didn't feel that way. And so uh, my entire adult life, I just felt, I never felt sexy. I never felt womanly. I never felt like, I don't know. I just felt like I was like very cute girl next door. So how, how do we turn that around to now? Cause we and are not, <laughs> you, I would say, well, what was the something that happened? Cause we are not cute girl next door. We are fully aware or living in our sexuality. We are enjoying it. We are yeah. influencing yeah. others to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think something happened at 30. Something happened okay. at 30 where I just stopped caring. And I don't even really, I think, and I, I honestly know what it is. It was a, co a combination of, you know, growing up in the black church and just hearing all these rules that women have and everything is connected to finding a man, getting a man and being with a man and being a good wife, being a good husband, being a good mother. There was very little in the Bible or in the church or on the pulpit or, or in the, in the sanctuary of women just saying, guess what? If I show up like this, I am still I'm worthy still of love. I am still worthy of a husband if I want one. I can still be a good mama. Like there was very little of that. It was always a lot of compromise for me growing up. And here, like, don't be a distraction. You don't want a man to feel this way. You don't want a man to think that you're this way. And I was like, but what about the even if, even if I do wear this, even if I do say this, even if I do flaunt this, why does it always have to come back to me not being worthy enough to be someone's wife? And so it. something around 30 just shifted in me. I started saying no a lot. That yeah. that no spirit got on me real heavy. Listen, and then no I don't problem. care spirit got on me real heavy. And it was just like, I don't, I no longer care that you are uncomfortable that my nipples are pierced. Yeah, I just don't care. And that yeah. was the first big thing. I got them pierced in 2013. Um, and I received so much judgment from women and men. And I was mm -hmm. like, and I didn't even know that I didn't even know that was like a thing, but like I would walk in the store and with no bra on and women would be like, like, just like, mm. as if I was, you would thought I was selling body parts. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what, are, what is this look like women with, I mean, just visibly uncomfortable. Well, and we, we know what that is though, right? It, but it, I didn't know what it was at 26 when I got them. I had never experienced that. Correct. But in hindsight. 
in hindsight, yes. We now know that a lot of that, again, is the projection of things. Like when a woman, especially a black woman who has yes. a nice body, is accepting of it, is doing things that the most say to your point, don't do this, don't do that because you won't have this. Da, da, da. When someone takes full control mm-hmm. over that and their body, that can be threatening. You know what I mean? Oh, or or at, at the very at the very least, right? It's gonna remind you of the things that you are not doing. One thousand percent. And so now so, I'm resentful because I ain't doing it. White women would be like, "Oh, that's cool," but the black women, because you know we we the worst. I was just I would be in Walmart like like they, they like, made cut, me feel bad. They like then, cover up why we outside like that. I don't understand why you got them short shorts. Why they so short? Look, and then and then the men, and then so so. Same, I would get reactions from men. Most of them would be the same. Like, they they assume you are super freaky and super sexual um, because something on you is pierced and I can see it and it's your nipples, which are now sexualized. And so just even reactions from men, I just be like, that doesn't mean, that is, it, it don't mean, it could not mean that. It could just be, I dislike them. It's like when we, when tongue rings were in really big. I remember being in high school thinking, oh yeah, he real nasty. I know, because he got his tongue pierced. That don't necessarily mean that. So then to experience that with me and me getting something pierced, I was just like, men are whack and they act like they're 12 years old. It's like, have you never, even if you've never seen it, it just was like, the men were just like about to in their shorts. And I'm like, is it really that sexual? And I, no, I didn't, I had no idea the sexuality attached attached to it so now it's been what nine years since i've had them now i'm at the point where i know i understand sometimes that you get a reaction like oh but i just i don't i I don't hide from the reactions i don't care i am still able to be smart and sexy you know i I live by that women don't have to choose and Mm -hmm. even if i say it again for the people in the back women no longer have to choose between being smart and sexy you don't you can be all of the things and have everything shown if you'd like now, I don't have to be your cup of tea, but you don't also don't have to, you don't have to vocalize it if it ain't your cup of tea. And I think that's what we need to learn. Like, you ain't got to have a visible reaction because you don't like something. Now, granted, obviously, there are certain things that deserve a, a reaction like that. But that is just like, you know, and I had to learn that, you know what? If I'm going to have these, I'm not going to hide them because I was, I was, I was literally hiding them. I would wear a bra when I said, t- you know, I really didn't love wearing a bra, but I would wear one just because. And like, well, what's the point of having a piercing if you're going to hide them? So I, well, I get them. So I was just like, you know what? Something around 30, I just said, I'm not, I'm not choosing. I made it this far in my career. And I granted, I do work in a field where you don't have to be super conservative. You know, mm-hmm. entertainment obviously is very, you know, fluid and you can do all mostly some things um and I was just like I'm leaning into that I don't care about what men think if they think I'm some overly sexualized freaky person I don't care if a woman turns her nose up at me I am going to show you that you can be smart and sexy so yeah. being able to move through my career as I have been being able to be you know an award-winning producer and still have a ring showing through a shirt I'm proud of that because yeah. so much of my friends, they always ask me, how do you do it? Like, you don't think that's going to come back and, and bite you or people are not going to take you seriously. And I'm like, I've been in this thing for over 10 years, baby. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. I'm so, I'm so comfortable. Now, obviously there are, there are environments where you put a bra on mm-hmm. church and work, right? You'll never see me at church. You'll never see me at work without being, um, you know, with a bra on. Um, yeah. But I just think that outside of those two spaces, I just want to 
I just want to be me. And if I don't want to wear one, I don't want to wear one. And it doesn't mean there's, there should be no association to anything other than the fact that she just didn't want to wear a bra today. If listen, if mine didn't lay down on my knees when I took my bra off, I wouldn't have no bra on either, sis. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's I draw the line, but I, I do I do commend you know, for some people they may not they may not mind if they, yeah. they go to their knees. I go to the grocery store every now and then with like a little bralette on, you know, like but it's not really a bra, like but it, it def for me and and that was for me testing my own comfortability because to your Ooh. point, I'm like it's a bra, who cares? Like my back hurt. I'm 45, I'm tired of wearing this bra every day all day now. <laughs> but to your point i think it it, it 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 says something about and still like i can still be the pretty i can still be the smart i can still be the sexy i can be the kind and the nice and the soft i can yeah. also be the aggressor i can be all of those things and still be crazy yeah and be worthy of whatever is supposed to come to me my worth is not attached to anything that i wear say do think feel i'm allowed to just simply be absolutely I think that's that's what that was the turning point for me being like I just I am going to, I am still enough. I am still enough. Regardless of what you I am still enough. I love it. Listen, I could talk to you all day, but I have one two parter last question. Okay. What is one thing you would tell old Crystal, like young Crystal, mm -hmm. and what would you tell future Crystal? I would tell young Crystal that the journey is not one size fits all. Because so much of my life was how come it doesn't look like theirs, look mm. like his, look like hers. How come my career didn't go that way? I mm. am the oldest of a lot of my peers. Or a lot of the girls that I looked up to before I moved to L.A., I quickly found out I was at least five to six years older than them. And I was just like, wait, what? They're mm -hmm. so much more farther, further along in their career. Like, what do yeah. you mean? H how? Um, and so I would tell her, it, it's not one size fits all. It ain't going to look like her. It ain't going to feel like it, it ain't going to smell like it, it ain't going to taste like it. You are going to reach a different, you might do the same thing, but you're going to reach a different audience, an audience that is going to be able to connect with you and may not necessarily connect with her and vice versa, her audience, you know, and sometimes our audiences may, 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 may um, mix and, and, and we may have the same type of audience. But I do fully believe that the people that are invested in me in my life on Instagram I fully believe they are supposed, at least half of them are supposed to be there. The other half just, you know, want to look at some cute clothes and some titties maybe every once in a while. Mm -hmm. But at least half of them, God sent them specifically to be in my orbit and for them to see how I navigate life. Because I have, I know for a fact that I have changed the trajectory of people's lives. Mm. And that is a crazy thing to say, but I know it like the yeah. impact that you can have just by sharing as a black woman, being vulnerable mm -hmm. when it comes to professional woes, being vulnerable, vulnerable when it comes to daddy issues, opening up about dating. I know that I've changed the trajectory of someone's life, of people's lives. I know the impact that I've had on people's lives, um, whether it came to me being open about my professional woes, my daddy issues, uh, being vulnerable about, just relationships and men and sexuality and being free as a black woman and, you know, and, and not free, like how we grew up thinking free, but real free. Like there is some freedom attached to not caring about what people think about you. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a real true freedom that I wish okay. I always had um, because it then opens up doors and opportunities and it opens up your mind to different perspectives. 
Um, so I know that I've impacted people. I've had people say, I moved across the country to try to, to, to start a new career because of you. Mm. Like what? I've dated a man for the first time in 20 years because of you. Yeah. I now don't mind wearing my stomach out mm-hmm. for fear of judgment because of you. Just like mm-hmm. little things. And I'm like, what? So I fully believe that I know that I'm impactful. I know that there are, there's a reason why people are in my little corner of the internet. And I, I take full responsibility with what I share, how I share it, how I say it. I always say, take some, take what you need, leave what you don't. Because I do know there are, I, I, I understand that I live very boldly and, you know, not everyone's comfortable with that. So I would tell, I would tell young Crystal, um, yeah, the journey is not one size fits all. It's not going to look like anybody else's and it's not supposed to, because on June 22nd, 1986, God made you so unique that it doesn't matter if you got friends that do what you do and you live in a city where everybody want to be stars and want to be this and want to be that. You are still so uniquely created that no one is going to be able to impact and move through the world as you do. As you do. And I wish I wish I would have known that at 15, because at 15, I was trying to be like everybody else. Now, knowing that you know that now, what would you tell, I don't know, 60-year-old Crystal? That makes me want to cry. I would, I don't even know, I would, I would hope that what I would, what I would tell 60-year-old Crystal? Yeah. What I would tell 60-year-old Crystal? I would hope to say, oh, Ty. What? I would cry. I would, I would hope to say, I'm, you lived like you you lived you lived your life you yeah. took up you took, took up space that's you it you took, took up, up space. the space that you were given in every single it don't matter what space it was friendship romantic job life balcony kick whatever you wherever whatever room you entered into you took up that space and i'm proud of you because now I don't know if I'm having no, no chillings, you know, but now you're, you're the, the the little people in your life, the younger people in your life can now see that it is possible and they don't have to wait until they're 35 to figure it out. I it. So I, I would it. hope, I would hope to say, bravo, bravo, bravo 60 year old Crystal. You bravo. took up space. You lived for a living. You lived life. I love it. I, that's what I would hope to say. That's a good, th- that's a good speech to 60 year old Crystal. I hope you save that for later. I, I hope I can say it to her one day. Yeah, like, girl, you, you've lived this life. We're going we to say that later. Yeah. We're going to say that later. Thank Crystal, my God. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much for this. My God. Thank You're you so- for allowing me in your space. Um, thank you for allowing me in your mental space. Uh, thank you for sharing and being vulnerable. Thank you for being an example for people. Thank you for inspiring me and my audience. Um, tell the people where they can find you at, though. Yes, I'm everywhere on the internet. Uh, Chris Franklin TV, K R Y S Franklin TV, television TV. Um, and then Taking Up Space Pod. I'm also everywhere on the internet. It's my podcast. Uh, we only record when we have something to say. Um, so, there, you know, I don't believe in just being out there just talking to people just because it's enough of that. So, I only really record when I have something truly in what I feel may be impactful to say. So, there's a Spurts of you know disappearance every now and then, but she come back and she 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 be having stuff yeah. to say. She be there, um, but yeah, taking up space pod. It's everywhere where podcasts are available. Thank you so much, Crystal. I appreciate Thank you. you. Ty. No, I really love you. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am 
incredibly grateful for our connection. Thank you for for just leaning into these hard conversations with me. And a special thank you to those of you who are here every week faithfully listening and supporting the podcast. If you'd like to continue our conversations or you just have a story that you want to share, please consider joining our community. Log on to patreon.com slash self-care. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash self-care IRL. And if you've enjoyed this episode, do me a favor and submit your review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you are listening to me today. Also, I kind of think you like me, so go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you can be the first to get new episodes each and every Monday. And I want to encourage you to share this episode on IG Stories, Twitter, Facebook. Just do you go a favor and share it so we can keep the conversations going. And when you do share it, make sure you tag me at Ty Alexander and at Self Care IRL. Again, thank you so much for listening today. I enjoyed you. And until next time, toodles. Mm-hmm.